My friend Katie could have been an interior decorator. She was very good at it. She had good taste. Unfortunately, she also had an expensive taste, at least in my point of view. Uh, one time she spent over $400 on a frame in the early 2000s. I have no idea what that would be in today's dollars because of inflation. Now maybe this isn't much money for a frame, but for someone who used to just tape posters up in his dorm room in college, $400 for a frame seems like a lot of money. I know when I like something, when I see beauty in something, but I couldn't tell you how to get there. I'm glad there are people who can visualize things, visualize beauty before it comes into being. This is why the arts are so important. They have the potential to add great beauty to our lives. Music, theater, dance, poetry, drawing, painting, and even architecture. Personally, I'm not a fan of the architecture of most large Catholic churches that are built these days. When I saw the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe in La Crosse, Wisconsin for the first time, it restored my belief that we can still build beautiful Catholic churches. So every once in a while, something good does happen in Wisconsin. <laughs> All beauty that we can observe in the world is just a reflection of the beauty of God. This, thus, visual beauty is just one type of beauty. Ideas, too, can have beauty. As you may recall, I was pretty good at math growing up. I wouldn't have said it this way, especially at the time, but I remember growing up, sometimes I would be in awe of some of the mathematical concepts that I would learn in school. Of course, God is the source of all logic, mathematics, and other such things. Again, these ideas, these concepts are amazing and beautiful because they reflect the truth of God, the beauty of God. After the, after the Babylonian exile was over, the Jewish people were allowed to go back to the southern part of Israel and reestablish themselves. However, due to the exile and other things, the law of Moses had been lost, had not been handed down. So our first read is from Nehemiah, who was king of Judah in the fourth century before Christ. Nehemiah the king, and Ezra the priest and prophet, decided it would be good to remind people of their identity in God. So Ezra, so Ezra reads from the law of Moses from daybreak until midday. Have you ever read something or heard something that made sense, that brought clarity to your life, that it brought beauty to your life? Now maybe it wasn't easy to hear. Maybe you knew that now that you had heard and knew this new truth, you were going to have to change your life. This is what happened to the people as Ezra read the law of Moses to them. They realized the truth, the beauty of what Ezra was reading. But they also realized that they had been living life incorrectly, even sinfully. They knew that they were going to have to change the way that they were living. This caused all of the people to weep, to cry. They were crying tears of joy and sadness at the same time. They were weeping tears of joy in hearing such truth, such beauty. At the same time, they were weeping tears of sadness because they had not been doing what the Lord expected them. And they knew that they were going to have to change and that change was going to be hard. We too are called to change to grow in holiness in the face of beauty, the perfection, the truth of God. However, we do not change, we do not grow alone. I was talking to a priest this past week. 
He was arguing that we too much identify these days, that identity these days comes too much from a sense of I, and not enough of a sense of we. In Christianity, we has always been more important than I. In the second reading from the 12th chapter of St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, we have the famous passage about many parts, one body. St. Paul says the body of Christ, that would be us, with Christ as the head. St. Paul says that the body of Christ is like a human body. We are all different parts of the same one body of Christ. We are unified in Christ by the Holy Spirit. It is the one spirit that animates all the different body parts. St. Paul says, the foot does not say that it doesn't belong just because it's not a hand, nor the ear because it is an eye. Good thing that's not true for me or else I'd have three eyes and that would be even more weird. <laughs> we need everyone, every part to be complete. We are not complete this morning because there are people who should be here that are not. Every part of the body of Christ is needed. Every one of us is needed in the body of Christ. There is no one who is not needed. There may be more visual parts, I suppose, as the priest, or people who read, or people who sing. But we are all needed. When someone suffers, we all suffer. When someone is honored, we all share in that person's joy, or at least we should. Comparison and poisonous competition is deadly to the body of Christ. It is wrong to ask if I am better or worse than so-and-so. Rather, the thing we need to ask is, am I being the best body part of Christ that I am called to be? In the Gospel, Jesus is reading from an ancient scroll containing the scriptures, just as Ezra was doing in the first reading. Jesus is in his hometown of Nazareth. To the people of Nazareth, Jesus was still the boy that everyone knew growing up there. Jesus didn't seem all that too different from them when he was growing up. But now there were reports coming from the surrounding areas that Jesus had done some miraculous things. So there was great anticipation when Jesus came home and started reading from Isaiah in the synagogue in Nazareth. Jesus reads in Isaiah about some prophet that the Spirit of the Lord has come upon, that has been anointed to bring good tidings to the poor, that had been sent to proclaim liberty to captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. After reading the passage, rolling up the scroll, handing it back to the attendant and sitting down, Jesus proclaims that this passage has been fulfilled in their hearing. This, this is no small deal. Jesus is saying that the long-awaited Messiah was finally here, and that he is the Messiah. That the Messiah that they had been waiting for for hundreds of years, almost a thousand years, was finally here. Jesus is the fulfillment of not just this passage from Isaiah, but every passage of the Bible. The Bible is the Word of God. Jesus is the Word of God. Therefore, Jesus fulfills every passage of the Bible. It's okay if we don't cry every time we read the Bible, like they did in the Old Testament reading from today. But we should allow the Word of God, the Bible, the Scriptures to awe us because of the truth, goodness, and beauty contained in the words of the Bible. God wants your life to be full of truth, goodness, and beauty. God is truth, goodness, and beauty. 
God wants your life to be full of Him. How is God asking you to receive truth, goodness, and beauty today? Is it through the Bible? Is it through the Mass today, especially the Eucharist? Is it through other people, other parts of the body of Christ? And then, how are you, is God asking you to share God's truth, goodness, and beauty with others, other parts of the body of Christ, and even the rest of the world?